Jesuit Refugee Service is an international Catholic organization that is currently accompanying, serving, and advocating for and with refugees and displaced people during the global pandemic. Visit jrsusa.org COVID-19 to learn more and take action. That's jrsusa.org COVID-19. Before we get started with the show, here is your reminder to take our Inside the Vatican listener survey. We're working on some exciting plans for our next season of the show, and we want to hear from you about what we're doing well and where you'd like to see us go next. You can find a link to take our listener survey in the show notes. Thanks. And welcome to Inside the Vatican with America Media. I'm your host, Colleen Deli. Back in April, the Vatican announced a new commission on women deacons. Now, if you've been following the Vatican for a few years, you'll remember that they already had a commission on women deacons from 2016 to 2019. That commission studied the role that women deacons played in the early church. But after they turned in their report, Pope Francis said that the commission hadn't come up with a definitive response on what the role of female deacons was. Fast forward to the Amazon Synod in fall 2019. This question still hadn't been answered, and the Amazonian bishops were saying, hey, we need some additional help in ministry because our priests are stretched thin. At the end of the synod, Pope Francis agreed to look at the question of women deacons again. But could this second commission turn out any differently from the first one? This week on Inside the Vatican, I'm speaking with Dr. Phyllis Zagano, one of the world's leading researchers on the female diaconate. She served on that first commission in 2016, and she's the author of a new book, Women Icons of Christ. Welcome to Inside the Vatican, Dr. Zagano. Thank you so much, Colleen. It's good to hear your voice. Ah, good to hear you. So you served on that first commission that Pope Francis put together at the urging of the heads of the world's women's religious orders. Um, In brief, could you explain for our listeners, what was the goal of that commission you were on? Well, the Holy Father met with the uh, International Union of Superiors General in May of 2016, and they said, why why can't we be deacons? And by August, the Holy Father uh, named 12 people. Uh, He said to look into it more. Uh, and and basically, that's what we did. Mm-hmm. I think that the last time that we spoke, there there wasn't a lot that you were able to say publicly about the commission's findings. I think there might still be uh, not much you can say. But I-, I wanted to ask you kind of generally about your experience with the commission. You know, Pope Francis made headlines when he described the commission members as as toads from different wells, uh, presumably referring to differences of opinion on the commission. I I was wondering if if that was your experience. You know, if if you thought that. They were toads from different wells, or if, if your experience was something different. I think what he was talking about was frogs jumping from different pots, which is a um, an Argentinian expression. And what does uh, it mean? Well, I, there are a couple of things. One is, you know, if you if you put a frog in cold water and heat the water, the frog will boil. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So, but uh, I really don't. I don't understand it. I guess it generally means people of different uh, different training and different uh, different outlooks. I can tell you that. Uh, among the commissioners, there were, were just fabulous, fabulous scholars, brilliant people, men and women, mm-hmm. um, who uh, I think took many of whom took this uh, this uh, task quite seriously. Uh, of the commissioners, there were just two of us who'd done um, academic, serious academic work, uh, myself and uh, Bernard Poitier, uh, mm-hmm. a Jesuit uh, professor in uh, in Belgium. And uh, uh, and the others came from patristics. They came from scripture. They came from ecclesiology. Uh, they came from spirituality. Uh, they came from medieval studies and dogmatics. So uh, it was a, it was a table of uh, a bunch of different academics looking at one topic. 
so there's been a lot of, um, you know, judgment, I think, about how that commission did or didn't turn out. You know, there's there's not a lot that that we know about it. But, uh, you know, I think that the general narrative has been that it was inconclusive. Um, I, I wonder what you kind of wish people knew about that first commission. Well, the fact of the matter is I have no idea uh, what papers uh, the Holy Father received. Uh, he did give, a, he said what they agreed on. He gave that to the International Union of Superiors General at their May 2019 meeting. Uh, but the commissioners never received copies of the uh, final uh, report or the transmission letter to the uh, Holy Fathers. So I think that uh, we did uh, write a paper for the Holy Father. It's up to him to decide what he wants to do. And I, I think what he wants to do is to have more discussion on the matter. Um, now, Francis said at the end of the Amazon Synod uh, that he was going to put together a, a new commission on women deacons. And I want to talk with you in a minute about uh, the makeup of that commission. But but first, I'm curious, what was your reaction when you saw, you know, after your commission's work was finished, the Amazon bishops uh, approaching the Pope and asking him to take up this question again? How did you react to that? Well, it, it was quite interesting. My information is that nine of the 12 language groups in that uh, synod uh, were in favor of a request for women in the diaconate. And the actual, uh, the actual paragraph uh, asks that the question be restored to uh, the commission. And uh, then in his conversation after the, uh, the synod, my recollection is the Holy Father uh, said he had heard what they said. And, and he would uh, turn it back to the commission, perhaps add two or three um, more people to it. Hmm. So I kept not saying anything <laughs> <you know? laughs> because uh, uh, the commission work is a, is a papal secret. We were asked to uh, write a paper uh, for the use of the Holy Father. So the Vatican announced uh, in April that it was going to create a new commission, and actually none of the members were were on that original commission with you. Um, and Josh McElwee reported in an article that quoted you, actually, uh, that a number of the members of the new commission appear to be opposed to the possibility of ordaining women deacons, um, which naturally garnered some negative attention from folks who are more in favor of restoring the women's diaconate. So I wonder, you know, what your own reaction was to the membership of that commission. Well, you know, I think uh, in in looking at the membership, they are uh, interestingly enough qualified to answer a single question that I think still needs to be determined on behalf of the Holy Father, which is what is the uh, mission, the ministry of the diaconate, and that's the male and female diaconate, right? In in your view, well, the diaconate period, and and so what does the deacon do today? And if you describe that, then what about that? Can a woman not do? Um, mm -hmm. I don't see anyone in that commission with significant research, original research on certainly the history of women in the diaconate. And uh, I, I think that uh, they, like the, uh, the first commission, would present somewhat of a mixed bag. Uh, but I, I have to tell you, Colleen, the same discussion has been circling in the church for 400 years uh, in terms of the history you know, were women or were women not uh, sacramentally mm -hmm. ordained. And uh, that is an unending loop. So if you are going to base the whole discussion only on deciding whether in 400 years ago, 500 years ago, or, or 1,000 years ago, women were actually sacramentally ordained, I don't think that there will ever be a resolution. 
So let me ask you about that, because, you know, when I was I was reporting with our Vatican correspondent, Jerry O'Connell, on the membership of this commission when it was announced, and it stood out to me that it seemed like their mandate was slightly different, that it was focused more on the the current question of the diaconate than on the history. And, And I wonder what, like, we're supposed to make of this, right? Is this a sign of openness to the question of, you know, restoring the women's diaconate? Well, I can't see it as as a uh, a point of closing the discussion, um, and and I think it's very necessary to uh, determine what exactly the diaconate is today. Uh, you know, when you get into the historical uh, discussion, you'll find people saying, "Well, women deacons only did this, and men deacons only did that." Uh, well, fine. Uh, I don't have a lot of information about men deacons performing sacraments, but I do have a lot of information <laughs> in the history of women deacons performing sacraments. So if you want to go there, we can talk about it. But I think that today we need to understand um, how the deacon uh, relates uh, to, the, to the bishop and to the people of God and what are the tasks and functions of the deacon today publicly. The Holy Father uh, spoke in 2016 about what he knew about the history of women in the diaconate. And uh, I, I would think that he would simply say, well, now what does the deacon do? And then the, that, that mm-hmm. presents the further question, you know, what, what about these tasks and duties can a woman not perform? I think it would be helpful for our listeners to just, you know, give a brief rundown, if you could, of, of what we know about I know this is like asking you to sum up your entire scholarship in in a sentence, but you know, uh, w- what were those duties that that we know about that women deacons did? And maybe could you talk about how that changed over time? Well, in twenty five words or less, I think it's important to understand that the bishop ordained women to these services. So first of all, ain't we have ancient and we have medieval documents um, that show that women were ordained by their bishops within the sanctuary, during the Mass, in the presence of the clergy, through the imposition of hands, by the invocation of the Holy Spirit, the women self-communicated from the chalice, and the bishop placed a stole around their necks, and he called them deacons. You know, So, so these women were um, ordained in ceremonies identical or nearly identical to the ceremonies of men. So now, what did they do? Well, it's impossible to say over 1,200 years that every woman deacon in every territory and land did the same thing uh, as, as every other one. Mm-hmm. We know they assisted in baptism. They anointed women in baptism. We know that they visited the sick. We know that they anointed uh, ill women. We know that they brought them a uh, viaticum. We know in certain uh, places and certain territories when you had abbess deacons that they preached um, that they had uh, actual jurisdiction over their territories. So uh, the history is is fascinating, but it, obviously over 1,200 years, you're, go- you're going all over the place, rather like herding cats trying to put everything in one bag. Right, for sure. Yeah, I think another thing that was important uh, that stood out to me in in some of the articles of yours that I was reading was that, you know, we gradually saw uh, women be excluded from kind of the liturgical, like the the mass ministries of a deacon. And then, you know, after that, the rest of their ministry as deacons was also uh, kind of eroded away. 
Well, this is true. Uh, you know, kicking women off the altar, uh, our first instance, it would be with Pope Gelasius in the fifth century, where he's totally scandalized that women are doing what men are doing at the altar. Well, you know, what does a, a deacon do at the altar? The deacon mixes the, the wine and the water. The deacon addresses the assembly. The deacon preaches the gospel. Uh, but the history of misogyny is long and really terrible. Uh, in my in my new book, Women Icons of Christ, I tell people don't read Chapter Three before you want to go to sleep because it's so annoying and, and so upsetting to to see the documentation of the way women were spoken about um, in the early church uh, and and to a peak when we get to met the Middle Ages around the tenth, eleventh, twelfth century when the the d- female diaconate just falls off a cliff. Mm-hmm. You know, you brought up your book um, and. I, I wanted to talk to you about it because, you know, a lot of your scholarship thus far has has focused on the roles that women deacons had in the church in their past. We've talked about the way that their ministry which was gradually eroded. Um, and in your more recent writing, especially this new book, you focused on what you describe as really like the last remaining argument against women deacons, right? You can you can talk about all of the reasons that there aren't really, you know, obstacles, that there's no reason that they shouldn't be able to do these ministries. Um, but the last argument is that this idea that women cannot image Christ, right, in quotes, because Christ was a man. Um, I, I wonder if you could sum up for us, you know, why that's the argument people go to and, and what's the argument you make in your book against that idea? Well, uh, I the the genesis of the title is I was sitting at table after a commission meeting with a uh, official of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, and I said, "Why can't women be ordained?" And he said, "Because women cannot image Christ." And I said, uh, "Watch me." <laughs> I I think that the, uh, uh, the 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 problem is there's a naive physicalism uh, thinking about the Christ as only the human male Jesus. We are all made Mm -hmm. in the image and likeness of God. So if you tell me that I cannot uh, image the risen Christ, uh, which is what we're told actually all the time, you are the only Christ people will meet. Well, I'm sorry, you know, please check uh, number 44 in the Baltimore Catechism. I am made in the image and likeness of God. So that's really what uh, what a sticking point is here. Yeah, I, w- I want to talk with you about the different times that this question has been brought up. You know, y- you spoke in a recent webinar about how Paul VI left open the question of women deacons during Vatican II when he restored the permanent diaconate. So that was uh, the idea that you could become a deacon and stay a deacon. It wouldn't be a stepping stone on the way to becoming a priest like it had been. So when that happens, the the women deacons question stays open. And then in 1997, the International Theological Commission takes up the question, and they reportedly found in favor of restoring the female diaconate. But you write that Cardinal Ratzinger, who was the head of the commission at the time, refused to sign their document and instead named a whole new subcommittee, which ended up releasing its own document in 2002 that that didn't say a no or a yes on this question. And, And I bring all this up to say that it seems like we've been here before. You know, people raise the question of women deacons, the church creates a commission, there's no definitive answer, then they make another commission. And I wonder if you could talk to me about, you know, through these commissions, has the conversation on women deacons matured at all? Or is this really just an indefinite kicking the can down the road? Well, I I, I was not part of the International Theological Commission in, that 
produced a document in 1997, although I did speak with two of its members, and that was 17 pages long, and it said women deacons are no big deal. Uh, the 2002 document uh, was presented and signed, uh, promulgated by uh, Cardinal Ratzinger at the time, and it basically said, you know, we don't know, um, and it, it said this is something for the magisterium to, to decide. So, um, yes, kicking, uh, kicking the can down the road is, is clearly what I think uh, people could see and, and hear. But I think we also have to recognize that like a, like a battleship, the church is not going to turn on a dime. But there are canons uh, of the 18th century from the Maronite church that say, yes, Bishop, you can ordain a woman as a deacon. And by the way, these are her duties. So we actually have Catholic canon law that uh, says women can be ordained as deacons. And I, th I think the resistance is uh, rooted in, somewhat in misogyny and, and somewhat in uh, uh, ignorance, uh, uh, ignorance that uh, ordaining a woman a deacon doesn't mean she would be ordained, uh, she would necessarily be ordained a priest. Even uh, Pope uh, Benedict XVI uh, in a 2009 document, Omnium Mentum, uh, clarified and actually modified canon law um, to basically say that the diaconate is not the priesthood, which is what it is. What is said in the in the catechism, which is what is said by uh, the Vatican Council during, in Lumen Gentium. Um, so the the magisterial teaching of the church is that the diaconate and the priesthood are separate orders. Um, Can you maybe talk to me about? how the question or the discussion has changed in your field over the last, like, five years? Well, I don't know how much discussion there has been, aside from the, the work I've written. I, 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 you know, I see angry, very angry priest bloggers um, trying to diminish the discussion and in doing so uh, create the most disgraceful comments about women you mentioned a webinar I did. Uh, we were oversubscribed. And during the webinar, we had, uh, I counted six or seven very angry male names trying to disrupt the webinar, uh, posting uh, bad photographs uh, and uh, really taking over the chat function. Um, to the, but, you know, it just proves, proves my point that uh, women are... Uh, by, in large part, uh, by men in the church, women are ignored, uh, women are disparaged, uh, women are treated badly, um, and and these six uh, six people um, seem to simply prove my point that in their minds, women cannot image Christ. So let me ask you then: you know, um, is there is there a sign of hope here? I think there's always hope. You know, uh, I think that. Uh, in my conversations with senior cardinals in Rome, uh, including those involved with the Synod, and certainly in the United States, uh, there, there's, there is very little objection. The problem is, as I said, uh, the church is like a battleship. You're not going to turn it on a dime. I think the Holy Father is waiting uh, for the voice of the Holy Spirit and uh, uh, to speak more loudly in the church. And I think it's up to the people of God to um, determine whether or not they feel that the ministry of women in the diaconate is necessary 
to their particular churches in their particular locations uh, and uh, and to explain that to their bishops uh, because the bishops um, seem to all be waiting uh, for someone else to tell them it's okay uh, to ordain uh, a woman as a deacon. All right. Dr. Phyllis Zagano is the Senior Research Associate in Residence at Hofstra University. Her new book, Women, Icons of Christ, is available from Paulist Press. Dr. Zagano, thanks so much for joining us. Anytime. Before we go, this is one last reminder to take our listener survey. We really want your input as we work on the future of Inside the Vatican. And as I mentioned on our last episode, we are going on our usual summer hiatus until September, but we will be back in your podcast feed periodically before then with some special projects this summer, so stay tuned for those. Inside the Vatican is a production of America Media. This episode was produced by Tucker Redding, who is our Jesuit friend who will be moving on to the next phase of his formation, so we wish him all the best. Production help this week comes from our summer intern, Gabby Guerrero. Inside the Vatican is mixed by Noah Levinson. And all summer long, you can find in-depth, up-to-date Vatican coverage at americamagazine.org and keep up with us on Twitter at I-N-S-D-E Vatican Pod. That's inside without the second I. You can also email us your questions at insidethevatican at americamedia.org. And don't forget to take our listener survey. It's linked in the show notes. For America Media, I'm your host and producer, Colleen Deli. We'll see you next time.